Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Whatever ugly thing that he wants to expose, it's only because he wants to replace it with something more of him. He wants to replace it with his grace. He wants to replace it with his very spirit of wisdom, giving you everything you possibly need. You know, like we read before in Matthew chapter 7, is there anything that he won't give to you? He wants to give to you the good things. He wants to bless you with good things. Do you really believe that? Or do you have this funny, misconceived crazy notion that God is just angry with you. Today on Truth in Christ, God always reveals our sin to us. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. As believers, we must remember that His light will reveal all of our sin so that we know the actions in our lives we must get rid of in order to please Him and stay within His will. Today on Truth in Christ, Pastor Rob finalizes this section of James chapter 1 by explaining God's kindness towards us. Even though we are sinners, when we place our belief and trust in Jesus Christ and become born again of the Spirit, God treats us with grace and kindness in spite of ourselves. Here's Pastor Rob with today's message. He wants to nurture that faith, right? He's not going to beat you up. He's not going to cast you away. He wants to love on you. And I love that Jesus just met him where he was at. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. What a telling statement that is. I think we're there quite often. Are you like that? I believe, but help my unbelief. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but it's okay. Because honestly, every one of us have done that, right? Don't be afraid to come and ask the Lord. Go before him, seek him, and just be honest with him. Confess often and let him heal you. In verse 8, he says, For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything. Here it is. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all of his ways. And that's a really interesting thing. A double-minded man is somebody who is double-souled. They've got one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. And their life is a wreck. Their life is a mess because they don't belong to either one. They're not comfortable in either one. And that's why God says, make your calling and election sure. Either get in the boat or get out of the boat. Jesus said, I would rather that you were hot or cold, but this lukewarm business I can't deal with. Or is very hard because, you know, if you're completely cold, God can do something with that. If you're completely hot, that's a good thing. But this lukewarm business, what, what, why, what, what, what compromise is going on in your life that's causing you to be that way, to be double-minded? And then as a double-minded person, all your decisions in your life, you're going to be unstable. You're going to feel like your foot is out of joint. 
the whole time you're walking around in this world. So don't be a double-souled person. Boy, time is going, isn't it? Hmm. Remember in Second uh, Kings chapter 5, Elisha, after Elijah had passed from the scene, Elisha was ministering, and there came a man from Syria. He was the captain of the Syrian army. And this man was named Naaman, and he had leprosy. He, he came down with leprosy. And someone told him to go to the prophet in Judah. Go to, the, go to see the prophet. And so Naaman gets a bunch of uh, some horses, some guys with him, and loads it up with a reward, silver and gold and changes of clothing, which is what they used back then. They were going to give this prophet a reward because they thought, well, I could just go to this prophet. He could heal me, and as a result, I'm going to give him all this stuff. Right? So Naaman is on his way. He gets there to Elisha's place. And the Lord tells Elisha, go tell Naaman to dip himself in the Jordan seven times. That's it. Just do it. Just be obedient. Requires faith, doesn't it? And Naaman's like, wait a minute. (laughs) The Jordan? We got so many better streams up in Syria. Crystal clear waters. Why am I going to dip myself in this muddy water? Are you crazy? And so he gets really mad at Elisha. I come all this way, and you tell me to just do this simple thing. He didn't even come out to meet him. He just told, he told Gehazi, his servant, I'll go out and tell him uh, to dip himself seven times in the, in the Jordan. He'll be, that's it. He'll be healed. So one of the guys with uh, Naaman says, you know what? If he would have asked you to do something really great, wouldn't you have done it? Now he's just asking you to do this simple thing. Will you do it? So finally he does it. He's healed wonderfully. So he comes back to Elisha, and he wants to give him this huge reward, right? And Elijah says, you know what? That's, you can keep your gold. You can keep your silver. Truly a man of God. So they're like, okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> so he makes, starts making his way back to Syria. And Gehazi, a man who was double-minded, a servant, of Elisha, had seen many miracles that Elisha had already done. Privy to Elisha, he runs out after the the guys, and he says, hey, uh, we got some guys, some prophets that just came down from the mountain, and uh, we could really use some of the, you know, that that gold that you're talking about, and uh, we could really use some of that clothing that you have. Sound good? And Naaman's like, yeah, I'll give you whatever you need. You know, he was just completely thrilled. He was faced with a deadly disease. That would be like somebody with full-blown AIDS today. Or whatever the latest thing, the killer, you know, uh, Ebola. You know, you've got it really bad. You're completely filled with it. You're going to (laughs) die. This guy was so amazed at God's healing power. He he was like, whatever you want, I'll give it all to you, you know. And so he gives them a reward and he even lies to, 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 get the, to, get, to get the goods. And the Lord speaks to Elijah, Elisha, I'm sorry. He's like, what'd you do, Elisha? Or what'd you do, Gehazi? And, you know, as a result of that disobedience, of that double-mindedness, God struck Gehazi with leprosy. You know? And so the thing is, is here is a man who has had his foot in the, in the kingdom and also a foot in the world. And, and the Lord has a way of exposing these things in our life. You know, 
And let him do that. Let him expose those kinds of things in your life because as a Christian, whatever ugly thing that he wants to expose, it's only because he wants to replace it with something more of him. He wants to replace it with his grace. He wants to replace it with his very spirit of wisdom, giving you everything you possibly need. You know, like we read before in Matthew chapter 7, is there anything that he won't give to you? He wants to give to you the good things. He wants to bless you with good things. Do you really believe that? Or do you have this funny, misconceived, crazy notion that God is just angry with you? You know, many religions today, that's, that's the perception of God. He's just angry. You've sinned. You've sinned a lot. And boy, he's angry. You know? You know what? When Jesus went to the cross... And he bore the punishment for my sin and for your sin. What did he say at the end? He said, To tell us, stay I. The very last words, it is finished. And he said it with everything he had in him. He, out of his very gut, he screamed it. It is finished. And everybody marveled. And what that means is the price has been paid in full. Your sin, my sin, paid in full at the cross. No longer does God have to beat you up. No longer does God have to punish you for your sin. Because if you're a Christian, Jesus has paid that price for you already. And do you believe that? Do you believe it? And what about when we do fall into trials or or a temptation and we succumb to the temptation and we sin? We're not going to get there today. Lord, help. I look at the clock and I'm like, you are my enemy. Um, But you know what? When you fail, when you fall into sin, to the extent that you believe that, when John said in his first epistle, remember what he said? He says, "If if you sin, if you confess your sin, he is faithful to forgive you, faithful to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you confess, he is faithful to cleanse you, right? by the blood of Jesus Christ, to the extent that you can believe that, the extent then is the greatness of your walk with him. Because God's not going to beat you up. You've confessed the sin. You can literally walk away from that without the guilt. If you're like me, have you ever done this? I've sinned, and I knew it was wrong, and I felt horrible about it. Maybe it's something that I've done over and over again, and I step into the same thing again. And I'm just like, Lord, I don't deserve your forgiveness. And, I can, and the Holy Spirit's saying, yep, you don't deserve it. Nobody deserves it. But confess it, and I confess it. And he says, now, do you believe what I said in my word? So why, Rob, are you going to walk away from here and punish yourself for three days? And, you know, if you had your little bag of, your little cat of nine tails, your flagellum, if we all had our personal flagellum, we just carried around a bag and we'd pull it out and whip ourselves for a couple days, atoning for our sin, because that's really what we do. We atone for our sin, making the blood of Christ of no value. That is an affront to the Son of God. Do you know that? What you're basically saying is the blood of Christ is not enough. I must go through the pain. I must go through suffering for at least four or five days. Maybe you're the type of person that says, you know what, I've done something so wicked. For a month, I'm just going to be looking under under every cold rock, looking for something dreadful to happen to me. And you know what? Is that really a Christian life? Is that really the life that he died to give you? Or is it like he said, confess it, 
and I will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In fact, we're going to end. This is kind of a weird way to end it, but I think the Lord's in it. <laughs> so turn with me to James, or I'm sorry, First uh, John, and we'll read this. I believe it goes along with trials and temptations because is there anyone here who is so perfect that they don't fall into temptations and, and, and fall into sin? Hey, if you do, you've got a good advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Will you lean on him or will you atone for your own sin and go around and punish yourself for a few days? You know, I would like to have a raise of hands when I'm not going to. But I'll tell you that I've done that. I've done that. Guilty conscience, I deserve it. I'll just continue festering that guilty conscience for a couple days. And after a couple days, the, it'll kind of fade away. And, and I'm, I think I'm good now with you, God. And he's like, no, you could have been good with me two days ago. You could have been good with me the moment after you had sinned. You could have dropped on your face and, and just confessed it right there, Rob. Why are you trying to, atone your, uh, trying to make atonement for your sin? You dishonor me, Rob, when you do that. That's hard. I tell you, when we can grasp that kind of grace and that kind of love, I tell you what, it honors God. And I don't mean this in a, in a, in a bizarre kind of funny, abusing grace kind of way, because people do that. They abuse grace. They think, well, if God will forgive me, I'll just go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah, well, you know what? You can, and he'll still forgive you, but you're playing games. You're playing with fire. But when you're honest and you blow it, 30 seconds later, you can be free from it and walk away with your fellowship restored. I mean, obviously, there's still, you need to repent of it, right? That takes time. Approving, God proves it. Because over time, and if I fall again, guess what? I go back to the same verse again, and I confess it again, and I turn away from it. And if I fall again, I confess it, and I turn away from it. I do it until I'm so sick of that thing, whatever it is, that I'm like, you know what, Lord? I love you more than this thing whatever it is, and I'm done with this. And then a month later, I fall into the same thing. Confess it. Get to the cross. Confess it. Put it under the blood and walk away from it new, brand new, as if you've never done it. That's what justification is. It's just as if you'd never done it because you've placed it under the blood of Christ, who that's what he died for. Don't atone for your own sin. When you fall into temptation, let God Hold him to his word, and you honor him when you do it. And you know what? You'll have every confidence at that point to walk away in newness of life and not even walk away with guilt. So few people do that. I'm, I'm included. I'm trying to get to that point whenever I blow it. And it, it goes against your flesh, everything you feel within you. And the devil is not going to let you off the hook either. Don't listen to him. Listen to the word of God. Let me read it to you. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. I'm just going to start there and read through verse 10. This is so great. Read this whole chapter. Read this whole epistle. But he says, This is the message which we have heard from him, speaking of Jesus, and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. There's no darkness in him. He cannot be tempted by evil. We're going to look into that next week. There's no darkness in him. And if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we, don't, we do not practice the truth. But here it is, verse 7. Notice the pronoun, but if we. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. Notice John is including himself, this old apostle. 
this wonderful man of God, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Right? Verse 8, if we say then that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, and here it is. Verse 9, if we confess, notice, if we confess our sins, he's including himself. Oh, he's not the high and mighty apostle that everybody thinks. When he thinks, when he falls into sin, he does the same thing, and he's exhorting us to do the same thing. When you fall into temptation, what are you going to do with it? When you go into a trial and you sin, what are you going to do with it? He says, if We confess our sins. He, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and then make us feel horrible for the next four days. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And notice he's including himself. So let me ask you, Really didn't plan on ending this. This is one of the wonderful things of the Lord interrupting your plans. But you know what? I'm so glad because I need to hear this as I'm saying it, and I know you do too. Don't try to atone for your mistakes. You do what the Bible says. And even if you do it again and again and again and again, and your repentance is really just lip service, and you're like, God, I really want the gift of repentance. It is a gift, and he'll give it to you in time. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes, I have to go through, I have to keep stepping in that same thing. I have to keep going through that thing, and I'm just like, man, I'm just so sick of that. And then the next time I'm tempted by it again, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Let me give you something. When you are tempted, most temptations are very serious. They, They grab your heart. There's a desire in your heart. You might not even know it's there. And people who abuse drugs... And people who are involved in sexual sin, this is the worst for them because it's something your body craves. The drug, the sex, whatever it is. There's a release to it that allows you to escape the, the, the difficulties of life. And it is incredibly powerful. Have you ever fought against it? Have you ever fought against it and then failed and gave in? The next time you fought against it and you failed and then finally God gives you the grace to... And then the, the thing that I'm learning to do, here's a cool thing, and do this. The next time you are in a temptation and you're, t- you're one millimeter away from just caving into it, do this. Wherever you're at, drop to your knees and cry out to God. And you know what happens? Whatever passion it is, whatever need it is that you're trying to fulfill in that temptation, it's going to leave you after a few moments. You know what's true. And you won't know it until you try it. When, you, when that temptation hits you and it's like a fire and you're just like, man, I'm about ready to just cave into this thing. Whatever it is, you drop to your knees. Cover your ears, whatever you've got to do, and cry out to God. Get somewhere alone and just pour your guts out. And just cry like you've never cried before. Beg him, Lord, give me the grace. And you know what? He will. You'll wake up or you'll get up from that moment and the, the, the passion is gone. The flame of that moment is gone. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Do it. And the next time it happens, do the same thing. The Bible says that if you, if you uh, turn away from sin, the devil will flee from you. But you know it to be true. In the middle of the battle, when you're about ready to cave, you've got a decision to make. 
I've got a decision to make. Am I going to give in to this thing, or am I going to say, no, I'm not going to do it? Does that ring a bell? Anybody go through that? Thanks for the honesty. <laughs> I felt like I was the only one up here. It's crickets up here. <laughs> but I know that to be true. You guys are just stung right now. You're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that's exactly what it is. Because I know it because I've experienced it myself. So, temptations. We're going to talk more about them next week. I thought I was going to get further along here. But you know what? God is in control. God knows what he's doing, and he loves you. Do you know that? Do you know he loves you? With an everlasting love, he loves you. He wants to just pour out everything. Ask and seek and knock and keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and don't give up. Don't get to the edge and then just back away. No, you pound against that door until he opens the door. And if it's his will, he's going to give it to you, and he's going to be so proud of you. He's like, you know what? You did. You fought the good fight. You fought it. Do it. And the next time that thing comes around again, just like the rubber band, you're going to be stretched and you're going to be like, God, I can't take it. I'm about ready to snap. And he goes, okay, we'll see you in about a week. (laughs) The pressure goes away and you come across that same thing and all of a sudden you endure a little bit more and you get to the point and you're like, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to break. He's like, okay, three centimeters more this week. I stretched you. And before long, you're like, You look back at a long life of following Christ, and later on you look back on your life and you'll go, wow, God, you did that in my life. That's just the way he is. And you know what? There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. We all have to go through it. It's just like par for the course. Par for the course. So let's stand and let's pray. God is good, isn't he? Don't be discouraged. You know, let him love you. Let him love you and confess often. And don't let the devil come and rip you off and saying, you know what, you did this too much, you're done. The devil will tell you that and your flesh will confirm with it. But don't you believe it. You believe what the Bible says. You confess it, he'll forgive you. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You walk away scot-free, restored in your fellowship with God. Do you believe it? Believe it, folks. We must believe it because everyone is watching you and boy, they're going to hate you when you do it because all the natural man, the man who doesn't know Jesus, all they can do is when they've blown it, they get in their pity party. They go to their pity party. But when they see you do something like that and you really are serious in confessing it and you really... Meaning it, Lord, I, right now I really am sincere. I don't want to ever do this again. I want to repent of this, God. And God's like, it's done. It's done. Now walk away with joy, my son, my daughter, you know. And then it honors him. And then the natural man's going to look at that and go, you've got to be kidding me. Are you some kind of weirdo? And we can say yes. <laughs> I am a weirdo because I believe his word. And they ought to believe his word. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this time. And, Lord, we pray that, Lord, when we do fall into various temptations, Lord, that um, we know that you can deliver us, Lord. And we pray that, Father, we would do the thing. We would just fall to our knees and just confess and just wait till the moment passes, Lord. Even if we have to do whatever we've got to do, Lord, it is so worth it to be obedient to you and to resist, Lord, these things. So, Lord, encourage us this week, Lord. Put into practice the things that we've heard 
and help us to honor you in these things, Lord. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, This has been Truth in Christ.